I will. So to, for the last question in this, in this universe, uh, me and Drew are sort of frenemies in an alternate universe where backwards hat Dylan and Drew met, uh, they'd probably be best friends. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Matchbox Podcast, powered by Ignition Coach Co. I'm your host, Adam Saban, and this week we're talking about how to structure your cyclocross group practices and tips for time-crunched athletes focused on higher-intensity racing like crits and cross-country mountain bike racing. Today's show is also brought to you by Flow Formulas. If you haven't yet tried one of their endurance strength mixes or endurance gel formulas, head over to flowformulas.com today to pick up some of their magical potion and use the discount code IgnitionPodcast10 for 10% off your order. And as always, if you like what you hear, please share this with your friends and leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions for the show, drop us an email at matchboxpod at gmail.com with email title, The Matchbox Podcast. All right, let's get into it. All right, Drew, this, uh, this question is maybe a little bit more geared towards you since right. you're kind of in the thick of things with, with cyclocross season oh. officially here. So <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a, like a mental psychology question. No, we're never going to get questions <laughs> like that. <clears throat> Those are the questions I get excited about. All right, well, well, you can get excited about this one. This one's from Emily. Uh, Emily wants to know, how should local club weeknight CX practice races be structured when training on a dedicated CX course? Mm. Uh, so, you know, they're talking about like what should the – Race time be rest time. How many laps mm. should you do? Should you aim for distance, etc.? Um, specifically, should there be a main like forty-five minute race effort versus three separate mini races? Our club has always had one main forty-five minute practice race, even if there was an upcoming race on the weekend. This was mainly due to the reason that we had to pay a fee each week to race, which is no longer required this year. I've been pushing the club to adopt the mini race format. For example, three mini races with 10 to 15 minute rest in between. I think the mini races would be ideal for people to be able to push harder. I've also heard suggestions to mix it up from week to week between one race versus multiple mini races. Further, should CX practices be modified if there's an upcoming race on the weekend, whether it's both Saturday and Sunday or just one of the days? Thanks, Emily. Man, so much stuff there to unpack. Um, I think it depends, as like what we say with all of our questions um i think if you're a newer athlete to cycle cross those weeknight cross races are beneficial and you should do them more than you don't do them but as you become more and more of a developed racer um you could st- probably start to do less of those weeknight practices and here's where i start to draw the line of when you should or shouldn't is <clears throat> like i have a lot of cross athletes that i coach uh, who don't necessarily need to go to their weeknight race race practices because they're already racing um, that weekend. And if all you ever do is practice race on Wednesday and race on the weekend, you're never doing any focused interval work. Uh, and you could realistically from probably August all the way to cross nats in December do that. You could practice race on Wednesday, race on the weekend if you really wanted to. Um, so my general rule of thumb with with somewhat experienced racers is that on the weeks that you have races on the weekends, you should probably skip your weeknight race and focus on intervals. That way you're at least getting one focused workout a week. And so like race week would be like intervals on Wednesday by yourself 
which sounds like I'm a, you know, I'm a fun sucker, but, um, (laughs) Hey, that's like, that's a part of my job, I guess. Uh, but focused intervals on Wednesday race Saturday and Sunday or one of the days. And then if you're not racing on the weekend, you could do that Wednesday race. And then you do, you would do the Wednesday practice race and then Saturday would be your intervals day. And then that way you're at least getting some structured focused work. Cause I think there's a huge benefit to focused intervals, um, versus just going out and going hard on a cross course, which I think that's beneficial too, but you kind of have to balance the two. I think, um, as far as like what those workouts should look like, I think, I think I lean more towards the more reps is better. So like a three by 10 or a three by 15 or something like that, because in cyclocross, the first lap is always the hardest and the most important. And so the more you can practice that part of the race, I think is going to be beneficial. Uh, a lot of times if you were to go to a Wednesday night practice race and it's a full 45 minute race, it'll be exciting for like one or two laps, but then you're basically just doing like hot laps by yourself. Unless I don't know how big of a group it is and stuff, but you, it very well could be where you're just like basically doing a time trial out on a cross course. And to me, that doesn't seem as fun or as beneficial as getting like three race reps in of the shorter, the shorter distance. Um, that answered a couple of her questions. I don't know if there was, if you guys have anything to add or. Yeah. So I, I agree with everything you said there. And one thing that I would add as well for structuring those Wednesday night practices uh, I, I would also mix up how you do the starts. So let's say you're doing three by 10. Or, you mean like Le Mans I mean, you're style? Not gonna, Where you like have to run to your to bike? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could. I mean, that that could be fun too, but probably not very race specific. Yeah, probably. But uh, you know, like, you're probably not going to base off of minutes. It's going to be, hey, let's do three laps, hmm. you know, mini race or four laps or however, it depends on how many long, how long the laps are. But let's just say you're going to do three times three mini races that are three laps each. I wouldn't just do a mass start where everyone stages in the same order every time because the the fastest riders are going to get off the front early and then they're going to be doing their hot lap, like you said, off the front, kind of solo. The people at the back are maybe going to get, you know, lose touch early on. They're going to be doing their hot lap solo. What I would do is like maybe one race, you start the fast people in the front, like, you know, like a normal race would be, you get normal call-ups. And then maybe you flip that on its head. The next, the next mini race you do, you know, the faster people in the back. And then that gives, you know, the faster people a chance to like have to fight through some of the traffic, work on practicing, work, you know, work on cornering practicing and passing practicing, uh, through the corners and things like that. Um, but it gives, it kind of just mixes up the dynamic a little bit, or you could even do like a staggered start where it's like, Hey, we're going to send one person off every five seconds. And your job is to try and, you know, chase down as many people as you can. And it just helps to mix things up a little bit. Cause otherwise, if you're doing three laps on the same course in the same order, eventually it's just like, you're, you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And no one's really getting to work on anything new. So it just, it's a, it's a way to kind of mix things up a little bit. Yeah, that's super fun. I, I like that. Well, we would do the the smaller the group, the shorter the course should be. So if you've only got 10 people at your practice, instead of doing a seven minute lap, you should do a three minute lap. Because that way, too, like it gives a chance to like, you know, one, you're hitting the same features over and over again. um, But but two, it it gives a chance like if you are off the front, you're hopefully going to lap someone before you know a little bit more interactive, like interaction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um. What we would do here in Louisville for our cross practices was like we would do three or four laps and we would designate leaders for each of the laps. Like, okay, Drew, you're going to take lap one. 
Ben, you're going to take lap two. Uh, George, you're going to take lap three. And those people would pull hard, but not like hard enough to where it's like you're just blowing everybody up, but hard enough to where everybody behind you is having to work to stay with you. And that way, I think the idea behind that was like, we don't want the same person to lead the whole time. Uh, and because you want to like riding in the group for cross is, uh, yeah, just like road road riding. It's like a skill that you want to have. Like, it's definitely not the same as like a road race where you're riding in a pack. Um, but you want to be able to like ride behind people and maybe rub shoulders with people. Um, and so that's what we would do. And it would also kind of encourage us to stay together as well instead of just going out and like doing yeah, just end up like trying to drop everybody. You're kind of trying to stay together, but you're also trying to keep the pace pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And, and, and also, you know, if we're talking on the same, and cause I agree, I think the mini races is kind of the way to go for these. Um, you know, it treats it more like an actual interval where you're getting to do these, these shorter, higher intensity efforts, you know, and you're not just fading throughout the whole thing. So I, I really like the, the mini race format. Uh, but another thing you could do is like, Race one, you go clockwise. Race two, you go counterclockwise. Mm. And then, you know, mix it up, you know, and then race three is, you know, maybe everyone votes on it or something like that. But then it gives you a chance to, like, practice corners in in both directions. Like, yes, you're going to have left and right-hand corners in in both directions, but maybe maybe your uphill off-camber left-hand cornering isn't as good, but you only get to practice that downhill right-hand you know, off camber corner because you're going in a certain direction. So like it gives you a chance to kind of mix that up. Like for me, I can rail left-hand corners, uphill, downhill, off camber, doesn't matter. But right-hand corners for me are not as proficient. So like Mm -hmm. I I try to practice those as much as I can. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of helps you mix it up. I don't know if all places are like this, but in Louisville, it would drive, this drove me nuts. We would do hot laps, but we would take out all of the cyclocross features. And so it would basically just end up being a grass crit. And we've done that for since I started doing cyclocross as a junior. Like the hot laps was always like, we're not going to do the barriers. We're not going to go up this the the railroad ties. We're going to not, we're going to skip the sand pit. Like why in the world are we doing this if we're not doing all the cyclocross features? Like I want to have to pedal hard and get off my bike and run up a, a staircase in the middle of the lap because that's cyclocross, you know? So yeah, like I would literally I like if we went close enough to a stairs, I would I would go out of the group and do it by myself because I'm like, look, I'm I need <laughs> I'm gonna practice this because there's gonna be a race in a couple weeks where we're literally using this exact feature. Why are we not practicing it? Um right. So yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. <laughs> You know, like your intervals should be the time where you're going to somewhere that's super consistent and predictable where you can hit your targets and and hold a sustainable pace and, you know, keep things consistent. But, yeah, when you're in this dynamic where you're trying to emulate the, the racing, mm-hmm. it should have all the features possible that, yeah. that you could potentially face during a, a cyclocross race. Now, everyone, you know, not everyone has barriers that, you know, on hand that they can use each week, or maybe not everyone has a sand pit, but you can get creative. I don't know. Like this time of year, there's like leaves everywhere. So like maybe instead of a sand pit, you just like rake a bunch of leaves together and that's your sand pit, Yeah, you know, or find some sticks to hop over. Dylan, any insight for the cyclocross folks? I I haven't done, I, I don't think I've ever done a Wednesday night cyclocross practice in my life. So this is completely out of my element here. 
I mean, yeah, I can I can talk about training for cyclocross, but these nuances of how to organize a cyclocross practice is beyond me. That's pretty funny. I mean, like that's been a staple of my like training history since I first got into legit racing. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah and, and I think too, you know, having do, doing the mini race format, uh, I, I think what you could do with that as well is like maybe you do like one race at the beginning. And that's kind of like your warm up race. And then you do some drills and stuff. And then you finish with like two more mini races or something like that. You know, like that way in between, like you're getting to work on some skills like, hey, man, my, you know, my dismount and remount feels kind of off today. So you're going to go spend five minutes doing that. Or maybe someone, maybe you've got an elite rider in the group who's going to show some technique on a certain corner. You know, and like, and then it gives you a chance to kind of break up the race a little bit by working on some skills. And then what I really like is like ending the ra- ending the practice with at least one or two of those mini races because it gives someone some everyone something to look forward to at the end. Like, oh, I really want to work on this skill so I can put it to use at the end of practice. No, I completely Dr- disagree. Dr- you should end. Really? You should end every practice with it with one game of foot down. That's how every cyclocross practice should end. Is or, a game uh, foot down. Sure. <laughs> sure <laughs> you're gonna have all those people there in a grass field on bikes that already get beat to crap hey might as well play some foot down okay i, I don't disagree with that <laughs> yeah see dylan uh, have you ever played yeah, foot I, down? Come i on. have played foot i have oh, okay, played good. foot down i'm pretty so good at foot fun. down so much fun <laughs> i can hold a track stand for a long time so are you an out of the saddle track stander or in the saddle out, track stander? Who is an out of the saddle track stander? Unless you're a complete dude. All, no, dude. Yeah, it's way harder to sit. When's the last time you've been to like a? I, mean, I can do yeah, that's what I. That's what I. That's what I mean. Ever? Unless you're a complete noob who's an out of the saddle track stander. Well, oh, did I lose you? No, you're back. Okay, I did want to reiterate one more thing <laughs> that if you're like really again, I said this at the beginning, but if you're really new to cross, then. I think the skills and all of that that you get from doing these weeknight group rides does kind of outweigh the like, I'm going to go do my intervals. Um, because like you could be super strong in a cross race, but if you can't turn your bike, it doesn't matter like how many watts you can put out. Like there's a lot of turns in a cross race. And so you really need to know how to turn your bike. Um, so if it's like your first year or two of cross, then I would try to hit as many of those practices as you can. Cause that's going to be the probably the quickest way to gain those skills. Yep. Yeah. Now I will say they, uh, that, you know, Emily mentioned that these cross practices used to be pay to enter and they, you know, were more like a race. If you've got a Wednesday night race, that's completely different. You know, that, that that's very, very different than a Wednesday night practice race, you know, where, where your group is coming together, knowing that it's just for practice if you've got a local weeknight series that puts on actual races that are, you know, it doesn't have to be sanctioned, but they're organized. They've got to start, they've got to finish, you know, maybe there's prizes like that's, that's very different than, than what we're talking about here with these practices that are, you know, simulating some kind of racing. All right. I think, uh, I think we nailed that one. Uh, so this next one, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of an open-ended question, uh, but this one comes from loyal listener uh, Chris Young. Uh, they say, I love both of the shows. Great information, especially about bike tires and bike builds. Uh, yeah, don't mean to do that, but apparently we're the Bonk Bros, especially, has become the yeah, bike is, tire is he talking podcast. About, <laughs> is he talking about Bonk Bros? Probably. Yeah, because yeah, he likes both shows. Okay. Uh, okay, so Chris provides a little bit about me. Uh 
says you don't have to put this in the podcast, but I think it's good for the context. Uh, 46 years old. Uh, I love my fitness. I just started to really ride about four years ago. I've always played soccer until about five years ago, but I had to stop playing because my body couldn't handle uh, soccer anymore. I've always competed at a very high level, blah, blah, blah. I'm a stay-at-home parent. I gave up my job to raise my three daughters because my wife works enough for three people and I wanted to do more with my family. It's awesome. Good on you. I have about four hours Monday through Friday to work out, which I do very often, but I miss training for real. Four hours so I'm a guessing day four, four hours total? I'm guessing that's cumulative. So total. Okay. So maybe, you know, maybe an hour, hour a day four or something. Four hours a day is quite a lot if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, four hours a day would but be... But he doesn't have a job, so <laughs> you know, like... Or he's a stay-at-home dad, so I'm dude. Mean, he's got the most important be, job in the world, man. Yeah, but maybe they're at school. I don't Are know. You, four hours seems realistic. <laughs> I, I think he, I think he's talking. I think he's talking. You tell about, me that when you have your next two daughters. I think he's talking about four <laughs> hours. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, he wants to race the local crit series, which takes place in March. Uh, four races total. A uh, couple spring mountain bike races. Uh, and then their local trail running race. Apparently, uh, Chris is a runner too. Nice. But if I had to pick one A race, it would be one of the mountain bike races. My number one thing is I want to crush all of the backwards hat people in my local fast rides and make them respect my skills. Uh, I have the bikes I, I need and the time. I just need to put in the work. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. <laughs> Sounds like I he start? has. He says <laughs> ha- he has the time. One hour Let's a day. His is time not... is Saturday and Sunday. Are we, right. So, are we still trying to figure out whether he means one hour a day or four hours per day? <laughs> I think he means four <laughs> hours a day. Read it again. Read that part well, again. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I have about four hours Monday through Friday to work out. Four, which I do four very, hours. Which I do very often, but I miss training for real. I mean, if you're four hours a day, that is training for real. Okay, yeah. fair enough. By yeah, like right. every yeah. by everyone's standards, you know what I mean? If you have four hours a day to train, you don't need to be writing in questions. You just need to be riding your bike for four hours because you're okay. going to be smoking everybody. All right, four hours during the week. He's got a lot of time <laughs> on the weekends. Okay. Did yeah. He, so wait, does he have know, a lot of time know, on the weekends? We'll assume yeah. okay. moderate right. time. Right. <laughs> uh, as of right now, uh, writing this, I, I know how fast Bonk Bros get Bonk Bros and you guys get to questions because of the important topics like forty-five millimeter pathfinders. Uh, this guy, of this which guy I is have. sarcastic. I like it. Uh, my FTP is two hundred fifty-six watts, but my five-minute and one-minute power is terrible. Uh, so I want to know for my hard days because the races are shorter. Should I keep my rides to under ninety minutes and do them all out? Uh, another question: When I lift weights. Should I ride before and or after? Uh, then they want to know is one by or one by eleven or two by or one by twelve better for crit racing on flat courses? Obviously, more gears is better. Uh, mm, if you're going to be in the big room the whole <laughs> I'm just time, kidding. then whatever. Like, uh, and I, then I would do a one by Dylan. Or this one's for you guys. If backwards hat Dylan is the bro science and forwards hat Drew is bro science, does that make backwards hat? Drew, the bike racer. Uh, thanks for all your podcast. Have fun. Be safe. Yiko Young. Nice. All right. We got through the question. Yeah, that's nice. a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Dylan, so, take it away. Quote, quote five of your videos for this guy. He obviously, he obviously watches your videos. So just give yeah. him a conclusion of all your videos. Well, 
I will. So to, for the last question in this, in this universe, uh, me and Drew are sort of frenemies in an alternate universe where backwards hat Dylan and Drew met, uh, they'd probably be best friends forever <laughs> <laughs> like just normal drew and backwards hat Dylan. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure anyway so that's probably accurate. what was what was the first part of the question there were a, the, you said that was an open-ended question yeah. but there were a lot of specific questions well the the open-ended question was where do i start Oh, Who I snap. start? Yeah, that is a good. <laughs> that's the hardest. That's always <laughs> the hardest. Does it get any more question. open-ended? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. So he never specified whether there's a lot of time to ride during the weekend or there's not a lot of time to ride during the weekend. Because it, if if he's got he's a not kid, doing, he's right, not doing maybe ultra he's, endurance events either, though. So he doesn't need to go on do like six hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I, you know. I think it would be it would if he only can ride an hour during the week every day. I would definitely be riding more than an hour Saturday and Sunday if that's possible. But maybe he's he's getting his kid to soccer practice and whatever. You know, I found him on Strava, but count is private. Okay, so I can't. Let's just assume help. he's got normal weekend hours of like yeah. he could go up to four hours. Let's just say that. I feel like that's pretty. I mean, typical. I think I think this is this is a fairly typical schedule for somebody who's got you know six to ten hours per week to train. And in this case, um, I mean, I you know I made a lot of videos about this about how to structure a week when you've kind of got this schedule. I would probably do two two of the two of the days during the five day work week are going to be rest days anyway, so you don't even need to worry about riding an hour. Just have them be rest days. And then that'll probably, I would probably say that's Monday and Thursday and then have intervals on probably Tuesday and Friday and then have Saturday and Sunday be longer days if that's possible. Um, so because, because those weekday interval sessions are going to be pretty short, you can make them pretty intense. And it sounds like for what you're training for, that is pretty specific because um, you're not training for ultra endurance you're training for shorter races uh so i don't i don't think that there's any issue with that and then as far as the weight training goes i think his question was about how to order the weight training in regards to cycling training and yep. if it's if you're just doing an endurance ride the order is not super important um i would have probably i it's better to not do them back to back it's better to have some time between your gym workout and your bike workout. Uh, although it's not the end of the world if they are back to back by any means, like if that's how you have to fit it in, then that that's really not the end of the world at all. It's just a minor thing to not have it back to back if you can help it. Um, and the order is not important if it's an endurance day. Uh, if you're only doing an hour, an hour of endurance during the week anyway, it's not like that's a super taxing ride that'll take away from your gym session, I hope. Um, but if you are doing intervals, I would almost always suggest doing the intervals first and then doing the gym session second. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and part of that for me is what I found like with my own training is when I'm in the gym, I'm not really thinking about nutrition a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Usually you're in the gym for half hour to an hour. Uh, maybe you have a water bottle or something. But if you start your interval session or session after an hour in the gym of like 
working really hard and you haven't been taking in nutrition, you're already on the back foot. So it's not that you couldn't perform. It's just a lot of times you just, you kind of screw up that nutrition aspect in the gym. So now your interval session is going to suffer. It's not usually because my legs are too sore. It's usually because I'm just like, I don't have enough energy. Yeah, I mean, usually the soreness from the gym is a bit delayed. So I do know, I I know that there are people that don't have a problem doing intervals after a gym session because that soreness hasn't hit them yet. I just, I mean, there's a reason why you don't do a set of heavy squats before you go race, right? It's not, it's not going to help you race better and it's not going to help your intervals go better either. Uh, I'm, I, I more so lean towards having that interval session be as high, high quality as it can be and being in the best possible position to make it high quality. Yep. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Was there any trying to think of what else? Um, what else was it? Oh, like at least as, as far as what the training on the bike would look like, cause he said he's going to do some crits in March, but he would really, his A races would be later in like, I think he said April would be the mountain bike races. Um, yeah. I would <clears throat> like let those, let those crits count as like some high intensity training. Like you almost just consider those like VO2 workouts. Um, and so I was going to even say this with the, you know, this kind of goes back to the cyclocross thing too, but like you kind of want your training and your racing to complement each other and, maybe that's not the right word, but you don't always want your training to look exactly like your racing. Uh, cause then you'll just end up doing like the same thing all the time. Um, you do want there to be like some differences between what you do when you're training and what you're doing when you're racing. So the crits, uh, are going to be like sporadic. There's gonna be all these high intensity intervals and stuff. So maybe that's a good time to like pair it up with some like threshold intervals or something like a little bit more steady in March. Because then you're going to be getting like some threshold, but then you're also going to be getting it, getting some high like high intensity stuff with those crits, and then you'll roll into April, uh, kind of having like the benefits of both of those things. I would think, um, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I Yeah, the, that's the what one I'm thing thinking. the one thing that I would say there is that that is of the assumption that you have enough fitness to stay in the group for those crits. So just just be careful of that. You don't you don't want to come into those crits with with not enough fitness to carry you through what you need to to race them mm-hmm. because if you get shot off the back it's not it's no longer a VO two max workout yeah. like either you're dropped and you're pulled or you're doing a forty five minute solo TT but like that's very different than what you're talking about with like being in the group and yeah and playing off of the dynamic and getting the VO two workout that way so um, yeah I, I just want to preface that like if that happens that i don't know i wouldn't count that as a vo2 max workout anymore if yeah for sure you know so you you don't you you definitely want to make sure you're coming into those races prepared for for the demands of that crit series yeah all right anything else to add did we answer every one of his questions probably not (laughs) uh i mean he he does mention that his five minute and one minute power Hmm. uh kind of kind of sucks relative to his ftp that and you know that's very important for the kinds of racing that he's trying to do too so yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah he's kind of doing races that don't fit his strengths if that is his his power profile or he's not or he's just not ever working on improving those things that that could be the case too but um you know if if that's kind of his natural physiology that he's a 
he's a, a threshold rider and not a punchy rider. A slow he, burner. He is he is picking the wrong races. Doesn't mean he can't have fun doing those races, but it's just it's just interesting. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people a lot of people make that a self assessment, like oh, I'm not good at one minute efforts. But it's maybe not that they they don't have good one minute power. It's that they don't have the repeatability or the stamina to do those over and over again. So like, yes, you get popped because of a one minute effort, but it's most time, not the first one minute effort. It's like the 10th one minute effort. Yeah. You know, so a, it's not that you didn't have enough power. It's that you didn't have the stamina to, to continue to uh, produce those, you know, one minute efforts. So uh, that's, that's what I, you know, work on with most people that come to me and say that is like, okay, we need to work on your repeatability versus like just going out and trying to improve your, your maximum one minute power. That is a great point. I think sometimes people misdiagnose what their weaknesses are. You know, yeah. for for example, Which, on a group ride, if somebody is like, oh, man, I always get dropped on like a one minute climb in the group ride. So I suck at climbing or I suck at one minute. It's like, well, look at what you're doing over the course of the group ride. Like, yeah, the one minute climb is the point at which you get dropped. But throughout the whole group ride, you're sitting at your threshold. Like you've been sitting right. at your threshold for 30 minutes and then you do one one minute climb where you have to go a little over your threshold and you can't do it. So you could say your one minute sucks, but probably a more accurate description of what happened there was if your threshold was a little bit higher, that one minute would be absolutely no problem for you. This reminds me of that like reel of the of the little kid. <laughs> it's so funny. You guys see it. It's like this little boy and his mom like reads him a question of like, Jarrett has two quarters and a penny and a nickel. How much money does Jarrett have? And the little boy says, Jarrett's broke. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's like exactly what I was thinking. Like, you think, like, why? <laughs> I don't know. It just made me think of like, oh, yeah, I suck at one minute power, but actually, nah, Jarrett's unfit. <laughs> like, you might be able to say you're really bad at one minute, but maybe you just need more fitness overall. Sure. You want grapes? <laughs> right, I think that I think that's our cue. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are at thirty minutes here. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, we we can. I'm sure we'll get an email from from Chris letting us know whether he's talking about four hours a day or four hours <laughs> during the week. Yeah. And that will definitely further clarify. But if, if he's, you know, if we we're making the assumption, right, that he's working on four hours during the week, then, then yeah, I would think taking advantage of those weekends to get some longer rides mm-hmm. in just to boost your overall fitness <clears throat> is going to be really beneficial in helping you with those one minute and five minute powers, power yep. numbers to our efforts. Mm-hmm. More For volumes sure. always so. better. Well, most cases we should be unless careful. You're like, when, unless you're like a track racer, right? should be Whatever. careful when we say that. But yeah, I, I, I will say I generally agree for most people. Yep. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I think that's a wrap. Thanks, right. guys. See ya. See ya. See ya. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in for the latest episode of the Matchbox Podcast. Like I said at the beginning, you can send any questions or topic suggestions to matchboxpod at gmail.com with email title the Matchbox Podcast. Links to each of our social media pages can be found in the show notes. Tune in next week for another endurance training-related discussion and learn more about how you can find that extra match for your next big event. Catch you all soon. Let's go!
Can I trust my coach? That's a good question. And we believe that you should totally be asking that question if you're working with a coach. And when it comes to the coaches at Ignition Coach Co., I like to say the proof is in the pudding. Every single one of our coaches has high levels of racing experience. Or in other words, our coaches are fast. And if they're fast, then they can make you fast too. I mean, come on, who do you want to be your coach? The guy with a clipboard on the sidelines or the guy with his hands in the air crossing the finish line? I don't know about you, but I'm going with the winner. Sign up for coaching today at ignitioncoachco.com.